Uh, hey everyone, thank you so much for coming out to Toxic Podcast. Before we get started, I guess I just, uh, let me get out these papers and, uh, it's the sound of papers rustling. So, uh, let me just read the rules of Toxic Podcast before we get started. Rule number one of Toxic Podcast, uh, don't make hacky rule bits. Ah, oh, shit. I should have read the rules first. God damn it. Well, in any case, thank you so much for listening. I'm Alejandro Colini. This is my podcast that I host alone. I wouldn't wish it on anyone else where I consume and process toxic media. That's any form of content that, regardless of quality, is genuinely emotionally exhausting or taxing to consume. Uh, we are, uh, you know, we've foraged ahead blindly into season two, uh, cre- um, having many blunders along the way. Uh, may I... May I apologize once again for last week? I think that in a situation like last week, what I probably should have done was have totally eaten the content entirely and not posted any Geostorm fragments at all. You may have noticed I have deleted uh, that episode. My apologies. Uh, and God, God damn it. Uh, Nightmare World. Uh, so sorry about that. This week, I am excited. I am apprehensive. I'm I'm so I'm such an angry unique guy and uh I there's a there's a lot to chew on today so I feel like we just need to get started um our tale begins a, a month ago way back then before Halloween had happened it was a very spooky time it was a very spooky time in everyone's life um I deliver wine for a living <laughs> And, uh, sometimes, you know, like I go, I'll be in apartment buildings. People leave books in the lobbies of their apartment buildings, uh, just to be taken away when they don't want to have them anymore. And I obviously will browse through the books whenever I find them. Uh, about a month ago, I passed through a lobby where clearly some dude had like, really, really needed to change the optics of his bookshelf, like, very quickly. And he, like, he evacuated all of these books that, um, like, they, most of the books fall under an umbrella that I would describe as, like, red flag books. Uh, books that, as I understand, uh, from what I've like heard on Twitter and Tumblr, like like very, I, I've seen so many tweets along the lines of, if a, if you meet a guy and he says that his favorite author is Bukowski, Brett Easton Ellis, or Chuck Palahniuk, run, like don't date that guy. Uh, red flags, and um, I like. I, I I just think that's such an interesting title for those authors to have is the like the red flag authors because I'm sure there are a lot more, like here's the thing first of all let me just say at no point in this podcast am I going to be like maybe these aren't red flag authors fuck fuck for that those guys who whose favorite authors are Chuck Palahniuk or whatever is uh, they're they're super dateable <laughs> don't, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna who let the dogs out you I'm not gonna come around full circle and decide that Chuck Palahniuk is like a feminist hero um, but I just the 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 categorization of those three authors specifically in uh, like in a in a specifically like a Western canon that is you know fully dominated by horrible like misogynistic disgusting white men who like 
you know, there just there must be so many authors that because theoretically the um, the the uh, umbrella of red flags means like it's like if a guy really really likes one of these authors, th- th- these authors have such specifically toxically male. Uh, like misogynistic or like just uh, or like narcissistic solipsistic um, traits that for someone to say that they identify so strongly with like one of these authors means they identify so strongly with traits that are that mean that they're going to be like a terrible person Um, and surely there must be more books and more authors than just these three but these three uh, kind of have become a touchstone of, of red flagness specifically. And I believe that each author, uh, I have read, you know, this is, uh, this is, do I need to at this point become, do I need to hand off the podcast at this point to the more well-equipped, but perhaps more evil self i'm in and i'm by the way i'm in no way trying to tyler durden you i'm not creating a parallel and i'm also not doing a bit where i say i'm not doing something but i am this is a genuinely a different thing (laughs) it is it is i swear i at this point um need to hand off the podcast to literary kalini ah yes Free once again, free from the library of the mind, it is I, Literary Kalini, an extremely smart smarty pants who loves novels. Now listen, uh, hey, it's uh, it's me, Literary Kalini. I'm a lot like Alejandro Kalini, except I'm, I'm younger and worse, and instead of being extremely apologetic uh and like trying to be self-aware about red flags i like am a walking red flag <laughs> oh my god that's terrible that that's i i, I mean maybe yeah maybe that's true maybe like the I, I i um in order to talk about these authors in order to, these these authors in order to talk about this one author in order to talk about books in order to talk about a novel for the length of time that i'm about to do so i had to pass off the podcast to the self that I was when I was younger, when I when I thought of myself more as a writer, when I, uh, I mean, I guess I still read a lot. I'm still a big smarty, but you know, hey, hey, I'm, st- I'm still a big smarty. Um, but uh, I just, <laughs> wait, why did I, why was I doing this bit? Why did I want to hand it off to Literary Kalini? I just think I'm about to, oh, it was just in anticipation. I'm about to become like a book asshole and specifically like, such like a book boy, like a boy who loves books, book boy, hashtag book boy. Um, <laughs> uh, so I had like speaking, returning to what I was saying about the red flag authors, I have, oh yes, that's why I was handing the mic to literary Kalini. I have read the red flag authors. Um, I, I, um, of the three of them, I have read like a lot of Bukowski, and I gotta say, up until probably a few years ago, I woulda woulda put him in a top five writer th- writers list. Uh, I haven't revisited Bukowski in the last few years. I assume my feelings towards him would have changed significantly, but uh, that is a fact from which I cannot run away. 
Uh, it's my, I mean, my roommates have to deal with it every day. I got like seven Bukowski books in the shelf. Sorry, guys. Um, Brett Easton Ellis and Chuck Palahniuk, I both read much more as a, well, I mean, who, who knows why PY boys consume edgy, toxic media and pretend it's self-aware. But what I mean is when I read like less than zero and when I read, oh my God, I read a book. I'll talk about beautiful you in a second, I guess. But like, uh, by, by that point I was kind of like, these are the red flag authors. I want to read the red flag authors. I want to know what they're like. You guys can probably tell I do a lot of media consumption because I like want to know what it's like. Um, oh, by the way, the Star Trek movies are nuts. The, the original ones, they're all so old. They're such old men. There's just, they're old men flying around and half the time they're not in space. At one point they go rock climbing. I don't even, we can't even get into that. But, um, have I not even mentioned, okay, so the Red Flag authors, uh, Brett Easton Ellis, you know what, honestly, Less Than Zero, it did not stick with me. But here's the thing. If I were a worse, if I, maybe I am, who knows? I, I don't, I don't know. This sounds like a nightmare thing to do, but like, maybe I'll do this Chuck Palahniuk episode and then maybe I'll read the Brett Easton Ellis books I found and I'll do a Brett Easton Ellis episode and then maybe I'll read some Bukowski and do a Bukowski episode. I'll space them out. That sounds horrible. That sounds like. I'm like I am talking to people who clung to this podcast through the Batman versus Superman journey, and now I'm turning around telling them I'm going to do this to them. You guys listened to five Saw episodes. Is there no can my can is can't masochism just be masochism? Was don't doesn't don't you kids remember? <laughs> oh God, my new bit about how you're all my children is really working out for me. I think that's also, I finally, oh my God, I finally figured it out. Is you know how we have like a tense relationship? We have like a working relationship. We're not friends. You're my kids. <laughs> because like, we're not really sure. We're more than friends. We're less than friends. We hate each other. We're bound to each other forever. Um, you're, you're all my children. Not in a, well, we should talk about choke, but um, so here's, okay. So this week I read, and I'm going to tell you the order in which I read these. I read the first, second, and fourth published Chuck Palahniuk novels. I don't know if I'm pronouncing Palahniuk correctly. I'm sorry if I'm not. I it's oh, I, I I keep wanting to call him Chuck Palahniuk. That that sounds so much better to my ear. But um, uh, ugh, Chuck Palahniuk. So oh God, I'm, I'm holding. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just like I, I'm holding them in my hands. I can't believe I read three books in the last four. I mean, I can believe I read three books in the last four days because I'm extremely well read. I'm very smart. I'm a smarty. But they're just. I can't believe I read these books. I exposed myself, and yesterday I felt so horrible. And there were a lot of other reasons, but I can't believe I'm just like God. I feel so horrible. I got to power through it so I can finish reading Choke by Chuck Palahniuk. So that I can start and finish Fight Club in the next 17 hours. <sighs> so I read a book. I read uh, Survivor, a novel by Chuck Palahniuk. I read Choke, a novel by Chuck Palahniuk. I read Fight Club, a novel by Chuck Palahniuk. Um, all three of these books are essentially, essentially, uh, they're, ve- they're very sensual. Oh, God, they're disgusting. Some of these books, oh, God. For, like... 
right off the top, I, and I don't want this episode to just be me. Like it, it, it would be it would be fundamentally ridiculous and idiotic for me to be like I'm Alejandro Galini and I'm going to tell you why these are the red flag books for boys to like, but. It's, it is going to be difficult for me to not interact with that because that is so much of like the touchstone of what I think of this author as um, like you reading these books. You're like, oh, my God, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Like, I, I get it. Uh, that does not also that doesn't also mean that I am fundamentally immune to enjoyment. And like there there's definitely stuff I got out of these books. Like, I have to, I'm sorry that I have to constantly be confessing to you my evil as I do this podcast. But, like, no, sure, like, not everything about these books is terrible, but so much is, so much is terrible. Like, I kind of, I kind of want to go in, I kind of want to go in as, like, almost on the side of the books, because I just feel, oh, God, is that like a devil's advocate thing to do? God, ugh. And see, that's the other thing about these books is that they're all like, there's, I mean, this is, and this is all over all of culture. And it's, I, some, it, it feels like it may, I mean, and maybe you're listening to this being like, no, it's not irresponsible at all. But like, sometimes it feels like it's not fully responsible to like put this necessarily on uh, individual creators who aren't uh, it's just like you can see so many of the threads of like incelism and mra dumb like growing out of these books there's so much stuff that like there's like there's the the thread the th- there's like the thread of extreme and, and i'm sorry to say this first but i guess like it's it needs to be said and there's no point in like waiting until later i guess like the thread of extremism in that like goes up through like incel and like men's rights culture and like contains all that like toxic alt-right shit and like gamergate stuff like there's this big thread that goes from the most extreme most socially unacceptable like least socially uh yeah like like, most uh unattractive like most extreme the things that you're that are going to be least except i'm repeating myself that is attached to the most socially acceptable uh most prevalent um most present uh forms of toxic uh male culture the male gaze um toxic misogyny like uh the the smaller things that that exist in everyday life are inherently connected to the bigger things that exist in everyday life it's that it, yeah that do exist in everyday life uh and uh this is true in uh you know this is true i think in all oppressive industrial ways uh like you know obviously i i i uh, need to be specifically uh I try to be very conscious of this and, and try uh, to be more and more conscious of it. Uh, but what I, I, God, wow. Yeah. I was, I, it's just really hard to read these books and not think about that. And there's, it doesn't like maybe, yeah, you know, earlier in my life, maybe, uh, the times, you know, people always say the times were different. It's, it seems like a disgusting thing to say because, like, the the moral value of treating people and specifically women like human beings 
it, it doesn't it's not like women deserve to be treated like human beings more now than than a decade ago uh so the to say it was a different time is inherently kind of nightmarish and disgusting uh Oh, am I about to butt myself? Wow. See these books, they're 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 uh they're I'm I'm literary Kalini. I'm a mis- I'm Mr. Red Flags. <laughs> Ugh. Um uh, it just it feels like when norms shift, people are shifted out of their toxic belief systems more easily. Uh and that it the times don't make the way things were right ever the way things are now is not right but uh oh my god what was i saying oh yeah oh my god jesus christ the the aspects of uh books movies uh ev- everything all content this is the facet of toxic media i would never call the smaller instances these sort of casual tossings off of like misogynistic aphorisms in these books i i would never characterize these as like oh harmless small scale unimportant uh and i think it's privileged and kind of insane that at any point in my life i may have thought like that um i <laughs> there is like to some extent like i I I cannot imagine being a woman listening to me right now talk doing my Palinuk episode. I'm I'm so sorry to my to my many many female listeners. I'm <laughs> but uh I guess I I guess I have to get into the so the three the three books that I read are all extremely similar. Um they're all like and I don't know how much I can say about this guy as a writer. Like, I no, no, fuck this guy. His writing is, oh my god, this writing is so annoying. Ugh, ugh. I hate, ugh. So Survivor, I, I read them in the wrong order. Perhaps I should have read Fight Club first. I'm kind of glad I read the other ones afterwards because um, Fight Club kind of, feels like a fight club feels like way more of a screenplay than the other two they're all like that sort of 90s shorter book thing i mean a lot of a lot of the books written during the 90s kind of have that like we could be a movie i could be a movie and i guess the 2000s i i I mean i i I don't i don't know i i can't speak to that but like you, you know when you read a book and it feels like it wants to be a movie um at the very least or is it just that Fight Club was a movie? God. Fight Club, uh, Fight Club and Choke are the worst. Cause Choke has this thing where he's like going to he's like a sex addict. So there's all these horrible sex scenes. There's all this like disgusting sex stuff and like kind of disgust with women and objectification of women and and like ambivalent like hatred towards his mother. But then like there's so what should I even Wait, I, I like don't even know where I should begin with this stuff because they're all all the books are the same like you know which is which is a writer thing which is a filmmaker thing a lot of people are constantly making the same thing over and over right off the top of my head my guy uh my the 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 big H Nathaniel Hawthorne uh he wrote the Scarlet Letter and then spent the next like 10 years of his life writing the Scarlet Letter 
in weird different forms. The House of the Seven Gables is the Scarlet Letter. Blydale Romance is the Scarlet Letter. Marble Fawn is, is the Scarlet Letter. They're all like, it's certain writers. I mean, Melville is like this too. Like, you know, the, those books all become different, weird versions of themselves. Um, certainly, who, who else? I mean, Fitzgerald, are all writers like this? Is this what you're about to say, Alejandro? That fucking... <laughs> but but sir, but with Palinuk, it really does feel like he tossed, like, seven things in a bag. Or, like, he's, like, throwing refrigerator magnets up. Like, all these books are about written... Okay, they're all written... Yeah, I'm gonna do all of them at once. Yeah, fuck that. I'm gonna do all of them at once. I stumbled around. I put all my feet in my mouth about the about the MRA stuff and about... Needing to not be a misogynist <laughs> and like needing to do better every day. And, and, uh, and then I, oh God. And, oh, and then I brought it back up and, uh, great. I'm doing, I'm doing amazing. Uh, I'm making myself look very worldly and, oh my God, literary Kalini. I'm so disappointed with literary Kalini. You know, it's he who did all this, not me. I don't mean to Tyler Dirt in you. Um, so. What's, what are all the, what are shared by all the books? They're all about alienated male protagonists. The male protagonist is always the age the author is when he writes the book. Is that true of Choke? It might not be, but Fight Club, the guy's 30, the author's 30. Survivor, the guy's 33, the author's 33. Um, they are, there's no fathers in the books. There's a lot of mother stuff. There's... There's always like one mate, there's one woman and then like women sometimes exist as like nurses and waitresses and stuff, but like other, everything is also very ill-defined. Like there's no like, well, I guess Fight Club has some buildings in it, but like the, the protagonist is, the, the alienation always results like there's like in Fight Club, he's got insomnia in Survivor, he's the surviving member of a suicide cult, and he's, like, obsessed with dying himself. Uh, or maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Like, that I'll have to get... I will either get into or not get into all this fucking garbage. Um, damn. I gotta be more diplomatic on my pod. <laughs> yeah, I should be nicer to this guy. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. Um, and Choke, he is he was abducted by a like mentally ill con artist who tells him she's his mother and like continues abducting him from various like foster homes and like hospitals and stuff throughout his life and she's like it's i think she's a drug user it's like i mean, it's not fully explained what drug it is i think it's cocaine or perhaps like some some inhalant uh, of some kind um is inhalant when you she's putting a straw in her nose and sucking something into her nose and i i think it's powder um but uh the the protagonists are the the narrators are rather they're always uh they're really into lists and they are uh none of well okay so in survivor and in fight club they're like obsessed with the fact that they they're like uh, there's just there's and this is dumb to say because like what but there's a lot of weird shit around sex there's a lot of like weird moral stuff or like 
like ang- obviously anger at women. See, this is, oh God, it's, it, it just, it comes up and it comes up and it comes up. It's like, it's like a, 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 a male reader can, uh, especially a white male reader, you have a lot of privilege for when you read these fucking white male Western canon writers. Oh wow. Am I really elevating Palahniuk that much? But like, there's so much privilege to sort of clock and then shrug off uh, shitty shittiness, racism, misogyny, um, uh, just like writing that is that contributes toxically to culture. Um, I've I've talked about this before, but like that like that I can see something and go, oh, that's bad, and it doesn't like ruin my day the way it might. Um, I just kind of, it just goes off my back or I like fire or, or I do this podcast and I go cluck, cluck, cluck. That's bad when that's there. Um, so I don't know the full impact of these fucking books, but it just comes up and it comes up and it comes up. It's this, and this is choke really reminds you of a Bukowski novel because of him. Like the, there's this like there's this attitude towards women of like, he he says it, they're like at a strip club one night and he goes like, look at this. Like we're slaves to women. All they take off their clothes and we belong to them. We give them all our money. We do everything they tell them to. The world revolves around women and their vaginas control us. And like, um, there's so, yeah, these really are the inaugural, these really are inaugural, like, MRA texts. Um, like, I, wow, I think, I honestly think that I was just so immersed in them. I remember, because while I was reading them, I was like, these aren't nearly as mra as I thought they would be. And I think it's that I wasn't, I was just reading them and reading them and reading them. I've been, it's Thursday, I've been reading since Monday. I literally just read all of Fight Club in the last three hours. This is probably not great for me. Uh... Oh no, I'm talking about how horrible and misogynistic these books are. And I'm, I'm also like, and I just warped my mind with them. Oh my God. I gotta go, I gotta go fucking read. I don't want, I don't want to make like a joke about reading feminist theory. I, I should, I should genuinely do something to cleanse myself. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, the, just the MRH, just like, especially in Fight Club, there's all this, Fight Club really does feel like he's like building like a terrorist cell, like an extremist cell. And, uh, well, that's not feel like that's exactly what happens. Um, but like all of these books sort of, they, the, the characters exist within an untenable present. So in Fight Club, there's the insomnia. And then obviously the Fight Club where like, his body and face are being destroyed every day and he's clearly devolving into madness. Even like whether or not Tyler Durden is him, like the him side is devolving into madness. Um, Choke is, there's much less, Choke is a lot more, Choke is a lot more of a straightforward addiction narrative. I, I, I I think, you know, not to be like the arbiter of addiction narratives, but like Choke, hmm. Choke is the worst story. Survivor is the mm. so Fight Club is the best story. Survivor is the best book, and Choke is the worst story. Wait a second, they're all they all are terrible in various ways, but they all have various weird. God, it really like it just felt like reading one book. Um, it also God the writing, the listing. So all the characters are like obsessed with something, and Survivor he like. 
they're all, oh, they're also a weird theme. It really does feel like there's like only so many things. A weird theme in all of these is um, characters like putting up stickers around town. Like in Fight Club, they're putting like uh, subversive bumper stickers on cars. In Choke, um, his mom is like his his uh, mom like she's like a merry prankster almost, but like a, a horrible one. So she like sends out all these cards about like have a free lunch on us at the like Garden View Hotel, and then obviously like tens of dozens of angry patrons show up with their coupons to redeem them. In Survivor, the guy puts up stickers that say like, "Hey, if you're in a crisis, you can call this number." And then he gets people like desperate people calling him, and he tells all of them to kill themselves and hangs up on them. And every once in a while, someone actually kills themselves because of it. And then he looks them up in the paper, and he goes to their grave and like steals their funeral flowers. And he's like obsessed with flowers, and he knows everything about the flowers. So. So, so, is this one, is this going to be a funny episode? Where's the bits? I, I got no bits. Um, it's just like, the, um, like, I'm just, I'm just trying to describe the grab bag of, like, Polaniac bingo, Polaniac. Um, so in Choke, his, and like, he, so there's the, the, Survivor and Choke are extremely fight clubby <clears throat> in that they also they also all involve like extremely transgressive behaviors. There's always like one woman who's like extremely the extremely damaged woman who is like uh, either unattainable or too attainable and disgusting for that fact. There's a lot of like there's a lot of like fear and disgust around birth and motherhood uh especially like in choke like obviously he fucking this guy like mm, god uh <laughs> but in survivor uh he like the in, honestly in survivor the woman's the character's name the one woman in survivor is named fertility hollis fertility and her job is she's a surrogate but she's like there's like it's not an artificial insemination like the guy who wants to do the insemination will actually sleep with have sex with her uh, and and in survivor survivor is all about this death cult well it's not about the death cult it kind of devolves as you figure out the death cult this is such a muck <laughs> oh my god this 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 literary study of chuck palanyuk has has mucked my brain up and there's no humor to be had from it the 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 so choke uh, let's okay let me do let me just i'm gonna hold survivor in my hands and it's going to give me uh oh, oh god it's it's making me feel so gross um <laughs> survivor begins it's so fucking annoying to he's he's what what a monster chuck palanyuk is for doing this he he fits his, he frames his, and he doesn't do it with, with, um, choke, but Fight Club and Survivor are both framed by the, like, the extremely incredible, like, uh, and Survivor's so much worse because Survivor, so it begins, and he's like, hey, 
this is me. I'm talking into the black box. I'm on a Boeing 747 or whatever. It's a massive plane. I'm the only one on the plane. I'm sitting up here in the cockpit. It's completely empty. All four of the engines are about to flame out and then my plane is going to crash, but the black box is going to survive and you're going to hear my story. This is my story. I'm sitting here up in the plane. I've like, it's such like a, like a beautiful evocative image. He's like, He's like ticked. He, he describes like ticking all the like airplane shots of vodka all up around the cockpit of the plane. It's such a like extreme transgressive image. All of his value as a writer, frankly, is all it's like all about the extreme, the transgressive image to a to a to a degree that it, it, in my in this artist's humble opinion is morally it's it's like corrosive. It uses I mean, like and we uh, and I don't want to have to say the name David Foster Wallace, but I will if I have to. Don't make don't make Grandpa say the words David Foster Wallace. Uh, that's he's not. We don't have to do that yet. But um, so you're like, whoa! How'd this guy get in this plane alone? That's insane! Like, did what? And and then it's not like it's like a whole novel happens, and then he gets in a plane on the last like five minutes. And he has the pilot, I'm going to ruin it for you, sorry. He has the pilot fly the whole plane somewhere else and then everyone gets off the plane and then the pilot flies him back up to the air and parachutes out, which I don't even fully understand. But um, <clears throat> I guess I do. I just didn't know that on large commercial airliners they had like escape parachutes for the pilots. Those fuckers should have to die with us. Never mind. I mean, not Sully. I... I'd get, I'd let Sully escape from a, see, Sully didn't escape, he didn't, that would be insane, there was a, oh, I don't even know if I want to say this for, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to bring the real world into this, but, uh, but it's a good thing that Sully landed the plane on the Hudson, ha, <laughs> um, so, He's like, I'm going to tell you my story. And then his story, basically, as it unfolds, it's just fucking the plane thing. is just an annoying frame. Like, he just could have written the novel about... He could have... Excuse me. I have to move the computer to stop my back from hurting. You sh you guys should see the... I'm in a great a great uh, bath right now. I'm in a... It's a very hot bath. There are salts. Oh, my God. That sounds so great. I want that. Jesus. Okay. Um, so sorry if I don't know how the volume has been affected. I hope it hasn't. Sorry if you needed to adjust your volume when I moved the computer. Um, but in any case, the, the, the interior novel, it's not even the novel survivor. It's basically this guy was raised in this cult called the Creedish, like an extremist, uh, sect. And, uh, they all, the FBI raided their like compound and they all tried to commit suicide. Uh, but, uh, like you know, 300 of them failed or whatever. And since then, um, the remaining members of the Creedish have all been committing suicide, like 10 or 15 every week. Like they're all obsessed with it. And there are like caseworkers assigned to go out and see them every week to make sure they haven't done anything to themselves. But it's kind of un like, it's kind of just like they're, they're, it's almost every, like everyone wants them to die. And then eventually it becomes clear that like when the suicides die out, there's actually someone also murdering the survivors to like spark, get the suicides like quote unquote rolling again. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know enough to speak to specifically, obviously, but like, um, 
just the way, uh, yeah, the the way there's a ton of stuff about support groups. There's a ton of stuff about like meetings, you know, um, and and the the usage of these extreme states of life in you know I, and again this is getting getting into the morality of employing symbols like this is very dangerous because you start to have to talk about like the author's experience on like whether they're they like have a right to use this and like whether it's respectful and stuff like that and like who knows how much that has to do with the like you know the quote unquote creation of art or whatever like it's i i hate that i'm having this conversation into a computer um i hate that i finished my water i need water i'm going to choke let's move on to choke um so in choke his mother is suffering from alzheimer's she's in uh like uh i i want to say like it's a psych ward because a lot of the people there are young well is it it seems like it's both a home for elderly people maybe it's a home for people with let's just yeah let's say it's a home for people with like psychiatric disorders it's like a a hospital and um his mother doesn't recognize him every time he comes to see her he's like paying for her hospice care and when he comes as himself she never wants to talk to him but when he comes and lets her project onto him who he is, like a lot of times she thinks he's her lawyer and like she thinks he's like men that she knew in the past or whatever. Then she'll talk to him for like half an hour or, or like hours and hours. She, but um, she like won't talk about her son and she sort of like appears to hate him. And um, he oh he gets all of his money and this is so stupid and it's also like not even followed through in the book but like the way that he gets all his money is by going to restaurants and pretending well but he doesn't oh so he for his job he works at like a colonial williamsburg type place where it's always like 1734 and he's got to pretend like it's 1734 all the time and he's also a sex addict and he's like constantly fucking he's a dropout medical student and He's like every day of the week, he's like fucking a different woman who's also a sex addict. Um, There's like and this book is like this book is absolutely fucking disgusting and I hated it. I hated having to read all like there's this book has a lot of that like Thursdays are Tanya, Wednesdays are Nico and Wednesdays with Nico means anal. Um, Jesus. Oh, God. But like. It's like because he's a medical student, he can like sign their like release forms. Like all of these women are like in like hot like every a lot of the people in this book are hospitalized. And as with all of these books, it becomes like unclear whether he's hospitalized or not or if he's in like outpatient. Like, I, I don't think he's hospitalized until the end. But there's there's all there's uh, as usual, there's a ton of like um, who's the lunatic? I'm the lunatic. No, you're the lunatic. Uh <clears throat> that also happens in survivor. He becomes going the end of survivor. Oh my God. How am I even, how am I going to get out of this? <laughs> uh, so in choke, he works in colonial Williamsburg. He's a sex addict. He also uh, pretends to choke on food in restaurants and lets people save his life. And then they feel bad for him. So they send him money, which like, I don't even agree with the premise of that. As like, what? 
that I like if I saved a guy, I guess I guess the idea is that like he makes himself there's like there's this description and I and Polaniac, old Polaniac there, he's not bad at describing the like he's he's really good at the like four minute, very evocative, either disgusting or yes, somehow disgusting or pathetic scene. Like there's the description of choking and being saved at a restaurant and like allowing someone to become your parent and allowing someone to feel responsible for you and like covering their shirt with your snot and like crying and coughing up water. There's the scene in survivor where his brother from the death cult, who's been his brother was the murderer murdering other survivors. He and fertility kidnap him because he's become a media celebrity and the like he's he you know things devolved to such a point that he ends up uh consensually smashing his brother's face in with a rock until he dies while his brother's face is covered by a pornographic magazine and like the rock like squelches his face in until like the magazine is like a matted like soggy bunch of pulp in the pulpy former face um and obviously fight club is filled with that stuff fight club is Fight Club is gross. Fight Club is gross and boring. And, and you know, I love Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde stuff. I love alter ego stuff. You know, how could you be listening to this podcast and not know about my love of all that stuff? But um, this just, oh, it just brings me down. <laughs> and it brings me, like, these truly are, like, the idea of people internalizing these. Because there's no, because the thing is, uh. It's, it's not about like, there's no, there's no, there's no awareness of like, this is not aspirational. Like, and, and, and there are very small, like, I guess everything contains threads of everything, but like in the same way that there are all these like toxic incel threads in these books, there are also like, there's one or two in, in fight club. They're talk aren't they talking about capitalism at a certain point? Like, aren't they talking about class? It's hard not to read some of these books and and go like, oh my god, like these books speak to the um <clears throat> the way that the like industrial society writes off the individual. But also, but even as that comes out of my mouth, it's a closed system because these books are obviously only for white men. Like, none of them explicitly mention race. In fact, it's like it's noticeable no single one of these books mentions race in fight club there's like one description of like what like there are black men at fight club also but like this this these discussions are all of you know they're like it's i mean these all like take place in the pacific northwest it's all the like pacific northwest like rural or like like uh just the just the poor white white men who are like angry and who feel and that's and and Tyler Durden even says it when they're going to cut that guy's balls off um is he's like we're the children who were told that they were going to be billionaires and rock stars and are only now realizing that we weren't but like that's the thing is that like it's really i and i I can't speak to other people's experience but like it's it feels like it's white men who are told from childhood that they're going to be billionaires and rock stars. Everyone who aren't white men in general like are are raised with this sort of uh well, I'm not about to say how everyone who aren't white men are raised. But 
there is I what I what I can speak to is is feeling like I was special and being told that I was special and being told that I was going to do things and and feeling a lot of that like anger when I was like having to come to terms of like the fact that like I'm just some other fucking dude who like has strengths and weaknesses and who like isn't going to who isn't there's in choke in fucking choke his one of the patients who is masquerading as a doctor pretends to have translated his mom's diary and tells him that his mother believes he's Jesus Christ and the narrator goes through a 30 page period where he believes he's Jesus Christ but there is what these books do have is that anger about being told you're Jesus Christ and then not being Jesus Christ. But what they don't have is any self-awareness about the fact that it's not actually the fault of the world. And that it's especially not, especially not the fault of, of any women who are around you. And, and oh my God. So, so the, the women in these books, there's... Wow. I mean, there's only so many characters in all the books. Yeah, there's like 10 characters in all the books combined. But like in Fight Club, there's Marla. That's it. And in Choke, there's his mom. And then there's Dr. Page, who turns out to also be a patient. Um, Well, I mean, actually, there's tons and tons of women, but they all appear for one scene. And they're all they're always having sex. And it's always like, Oh God. Well, and then there's, Oh my God. And then there's Beth who is a stripper. There's, there's the, the physical descriptions of places in all these places in all these books are very ill-defined. Um, everyone sort of seems to exist in a fog. Um, Oh my God. I can't believe I've waited this long to get to this. I just have to tell you in the book choke, Polaniac refers to his penis as my dog he calls it and and this is the sex addiction book his dog is all over the goddamn text it's everywhere and it says oh he describes it as coughing up little white soldiers and it's oh it's not like one or two times it's every single mention of the penis it is dog every nico was writhing on my dog she was jerking it with one hand while her mouth was on my dog i'm so sorry for saying this it's so gross jesus Oh, I can't believe I did this to myself. I read these three books. (laughs) It's such a short period of time. So Fight Club, you guys know what happens at Fight Club. The, 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 he's Tyler, he's Tyler Durden. They blow everything up. He creates the Project Mayhem. He creates a cell of extremists that grows from angry male, male entitlement, essentially. And, and, and this need to brutalize each other. Um, um. In Choke, there's his mom, who he's so bitter at. And Choke is the one book that I read that doesn't have the frame. It doesn't have the time. Like, because Fight Club begins with him and Tyler on top of the building that's about to explode. Survivor begins with the plane. <clears throat> Choke is uh, all about these, like, constant flashbacks to uh, his early memories of himself and his mother. And she's just, like, being like a mess and like making his life difficult and like disposing. She's like making him participate in her schemes to like ruin everything and create anarchy. The word anarchic is all over the fucking quotes for these books His anarchic glee. He's like an anarchic, um, uh, brilliant apocalypse obsessed anarchic fierceness, anarchic glee. 
Ay, ay, But, um, so his mother, like, he's, there's also, like, I don't know, uh, nothing really, like, nothing really happens. And Ch- Choke is the one book where, like, nothing fully happens. Like, it's, and that's, like, I, oh, was I, was that what I was going to say is that Choke is the best book? Survivor's the best story. Choke is the best book. Yeah, because Choke... Choke kind of establishes the like this grind of addiction. Like he's just like he's he's in this horrible loop of an untenable situation that that is his everyday life. And at the end of it, he sort of gets arrested and then he actually chokes. But they like the cops don't believe him because they know that choking is his thing. And he like almost dies and he actually goes through the choking scene that he described earlier, which is like pretty effective. But like his mother tells him that he's not Jesus Christ and that she stole him as a baby. Um, In Survivor, he eventually becomes the final survivor of this suicide cult. Like everyone else is dead and he goes around on a media tour and he gets like they start like doping him up with just every drug under the sun. He's up. They give him uppers. They give him downers. They give him these things. They give him plastic surgery. They give him artificial pecs, all this stuff. They turn him into like a fully like artificial, fully numb human being just who exists constantly in front of cameras. This starts to get and this is where I don't want to mention the ghost of our friend. Oh, my God, the ghost. Sorry. Well, I mean, whatever. He doesn't need my sympathy too much. But uh, our, our old friend, David Foster Wallace, or perhaps our, our perhaps our wretched nemesis, David Foster Wallace. Um, but like the book becomes very, very Foster Wallace at this point. And fertility who fertility is the sister of the guy who he encouraged to kill himself at the beginning, who kills himself. And she, he's like trolling this guy's grave and he meets fertility and kind of falls in love with her. And she starts calling his number at night. She's like clairvoyant. She's psychic. She knows everything that's going to happen before it happens. So like, and, and, and obvious, and that's like, I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you exactly why, but that feels like a little bit of a sexist, like woman symbol is like she's the like the the maybe it's a Cassandra thing like uh I, but um yeah uh <clears throat> uh sorry sorry I lost I lost my train of thought um survivor fertility she's a surrogate mother and he's just he's she's a surrogate she's a surrogate yeah she's a surrogate mother and he's disgusted by this because at the end adam reveals to him that the way that the creedish were tormented is that anytime they like discovered anytime the children like wanted to learn about sex they had to watch uh the birth process and watching the their mother in pain showed them that sex was all about pain and that it was horrible and so no one wanted to have sex it, it like it's very i it didn't it didn't fully make sense to me and it just like i don't it was it, it uh, uh, it's just like um but in any case she's like there's someone's going to hijack a plane well they they kidnap they kidnapped fertility and adam the brother kidnap the protagonist whose name is tender branson the protagonist of survivor's name is tender branson the protagonist of chokes name is victor mancini for some reason and fight club i don't think he's named i think i don't i i don't know fight club i don't i don't know i don't do i need to talk as much about fight club because everyone's seen like as i was reading fight club and if i were palaniac there i'd be very happy with that adaptation because it is just an adaptation like 
it's a it's a Snyder Watchman sort of adaptation of that book. There is very little change. Um, but uh, Survivor: The End is like they they kidnap the celebrity guy, so he can't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. He he bashes out his face in with a rock, and f- f- fertility is like there's gonna someone's gonna hijack a plane. So he gets onto the plane. He's waving his gun around. He's like someone's gonna hijack this plane, and he realizes, oh my god, he's the one hijacking the plane. It's a very Tyler Durdeny. These are all the same book. It's just the same book in different formats over and over. And then he does the plane thing in the last five pages. The plane frame is super fucking manipulative it's a bullshit frame i'm so oh this guy and these books like they're such easy like seriously i read these books they they they're easy short reads they're some of them are like they even like pull you through a little bit but they're they're these god they're like they're dangerous almost jesus i can't believe i like It's like not a funny joke in the age of like our fascist authoritarian government, but like I'm going to head a censorship committee and we're going to ban all the Polaniac books and we're going to ban all the Eminem music except for Venom. We're going to listen to Venom all the time, but not the Marshall Mathers LP. Um, (laughs) Got to ban that choke. Got to ban that survivor. Got to ban that fight club. Is there anything else? Because we're like reaching the end of the episode. And obviously the last rule of Toxic Podcast is that we need to end on like a fun flight of fancy. Uh, But I just don't think, I think, I feel like for an hour I've just been sort of slogging through this like, this, I mean, I'm sorry, I've been resisting saying this all for this whole time, but like Palanimuk. It's muck caused by Palaniuk. It's Palanimuk slogging on through that Palanamuk, but, um, okay. So let me see. Um, I'm going to move the computer back, uh, over here. Sorry. Let's just, okay. So I'm Alejandro and I'm the protagonist of one of these fucking books. It's called, um, wait, no, no, no. Let's do the title last. We're going to do the title last. So, uh, I'm, Third, I'm, tw- I'm, what am I, I don't know, I'm say 30. I'm 28 years old and I'm very alienated. Okay, why am I so alienated? Um, I'm, I'm alienated because in a past life I was a factory farmed animal. Oh my lord. Yeah, absolutely. And, and every time I close my eyes, I just see the, the pain and suffering that my, that the fellow animals endured. See, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm, I'm this is actually because factory farm. Like, I, I'm sorry that I chose that. That's a bummer to be stuck with, but it is. It's evocative enough. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Jesus. So I know what it's like to be like a factory farmed animal. And every time I close my eyes, I feel the suffering of all the beasts on this earth that are eaten. And I feel, I like feel my my neck being cut into and everything. I. I, I see people all around me chewing meat and the meat sound disgusts me. The sound of chewing disgusts me. The, the human beings are all just animals themselves, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I'm very detached because of this. And I, um, what do I, oh, oh, I didn't even mention all the support groups. Every one of these books contains like millions and millions of support groups and like meetings and stuff like that. So like, so he goes, so we go, so he goes, I go to, I go to some sort of 
but it's like an alternative, like it's almost like a culty meeting. And it's in, and, and it's like ambiguously like very exploitative. It's like a real thing that exists. Like maybe it's like one of these, are there meetings for people? There are, there are meetings for people who have like delusions of like, um, having, you know, like government surveillance or like having chips implanted and, 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 and they're like sort of off the grid meetings. And it's kind of understood that everyone's got an unhealthy thing going, but no one's really going to tell anyone they're delusional. So like I go to those meetings and I don't believe that I'm delusional. And when I'm at the meetings, well, now I'm just doing fight club, aren't I? Well, no, no, no. Hang on. Hang on. So I'm leaving one of the meetings um, and a woman, I'm leading one of the meetings and a woman like runs out in front of my car and I hit her with my car. And then it turns out that she like jumps in front of people's cars because that's like how she meets people. Cause she's like, that's like, that's what the women are in these Polaniac books is they're like these manic pixie dream girls, but like cranked up to the extreme, they're like, oh, they're so destructive and damaged and like, oh God, it's, it bums. Oh, I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm so sorry. This is really like, this episode really didn't come together. I really, <laughs> I know you're not supposed to talk about how the episode's bad, but I was so like, after last week's misstep, I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. There's so much stuff to unpack. And then I was like, I forgot that like, it's not funny. <laughs> and wow, I've gone really long. Um, So a woman jumps out in front of my car just to meet me and she's like she's enchanted by we're both enchanted by each other's damage and we're i like that she's broken broken like me we meet at a trust fund baby's brooklyn loft and um and then we i don't know we start eating people we, we you know what it's i forget forget it i'm a fleet street barber i run a barbershop on fleet street i was imprisoned uh wrongly oh my god i'm the count of monte cristo I love the, the, the Monte Cristo sandwich, obviously. God, I'm so stupid. I'm the Count of Monte Cristo. I'm very alienated. I run a barbershop. Helena Bonham Carter is, is, makes pies and they're delicious. And we, we, we slit people's throats. We eat them up. And, uh, the first rule of eating people is, um, that they're delicious. Well, that's this one. Is that is this the longest toxic podcast? All right. Well, thanks for hanging in there. It's uh, uh, hey, we gotta hit rock bottom or whatever. Tyler Durden says, "I'm gonna, we're gonna cut off that guy's balls." Maybe I shouldn't. I'm not gonna bring back all those images. I'm sorry. Oh my god, the balls thing too. The the specific thing about castration. These books. Ugh. Hang on. I need something to bring the mood up. I just need something to bring the mood up. Gotta go back to my... And this has been... <laughs> yeah, it's... PBS presents... A Very Polaniac Evening. Is that what this... Ah, no, because I already called my other episode an evening with flow. Um... A... An... Artist Spotlight, no. Alright, well... Oh. Knock, knock, let the devil in, am I right?